Hello, and thank you for listening to this week's episode of Hereabouts, Asian American Midwest Radio. Hereabouts is produced by WFHB and Indiana University's Asian Culture Center. We ask critical questions about identity, culture, community, and shared assumptions. We air every other Wednesday from 5.30 to 6.30 in the evening. My name is Ninara Chatpanarangsi, but I go by Bell. I'm a sophomore student from Bangkok, Thailand, majoring in international studies and minoring in business and Spanish. Today, we are with Mind Bao In, and we will be discussing personal experiences in leadership as Asian women in honor of International Women's Day and Women's History Month. So with that, Mind, can you give us a little background of yourself? I know you are, this is your second time on the podcast, but just to refresh everyone's memory. Hi, yes. I am currently a junior studying in marketing and minoring in psychology and fine arts. And uh, what extracurricular activities are you part of right now as a junior? Yes, I'm the president of the Thai Student Association. And also I'm the Little Five Liaison for Independent Council Club. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, Those are two very different things. How did you get involved with both? I was already like a part of the Thai community because we were like really tightly knitted and for like independent council my friend was like a part of it Rowena from previous podcast she invited me to join and they have like a cycling team and I decided to like be a part of it yeah so how has your experience being a leader for the Thai Student Association and also being like a liaison uh, position within like the cycling team how has that impacted your time at IU Sometimes it's a lot of work. It just both of the positions are like very time consuming aspect of it, but it usually doesn't really overlap. So it has been like pretty nice in terms of time management. Yeah, that's so true. Let's focus in on um, your position as the president of the Thai Student Association because our episode today is about leadership. Um, What do you do as the president for a student cultural group? Mostly we plan events and make sure that everyone in the club gets to participate. We also plan events with other organizations too, not only in IU, but with other Thai student associations in other universities. Yeah, an upcoming event is a collaboration event, right? It's with Purdue and UIUC. Yes. So the upcoming event is the Sports Day, the Midwest Sports Day, which is held by Purdue. So we're all going to travel to Purdue and compete as a university. It's just like a fun, friendly competition, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's to bring Midwestern Thai students together, right? Yes. Yeah, so I guess I want to pivot the conversation a little bit and talk about like your specific experience being a the, the president for the student organization and how it might differ from like your previous experiences, if that makes sense. So I guess like the way that I'm approaching it right now is you know, since you are um, a Thai student and international student, I was wondering if you had any experience like in leadership roles or positions before coming to IU? And if so, how was your experience different in Thailand versus in the United States, if there is any difference at all? Well, I haven't really like had like a leadership role really in Thailand, except like work in classes. 
I don't know, like, I, I just don't really have, like, a good comparison between the two, because being, like, a president of, like, an extracurricular, like, activities, it's, like, a group work that you already have to do, but what's your experiences, Belle? I I would say I was kind of the same as yours. I did have a couple leadership positions in high school when I went to high school in Thailand, but I would say there are some cultural differences when it comes to, like, leadership. Um, or like some cultural differences and stereotypes, which is what I was going to ask you about next. I feel like over here, it's a little bit easier for me to be more assertive uh, when I lead groups and stuff like that, because it's somewhat expected when you think of a leader. But whereas like back home, we're supposed to be a little bit like, especially women, we're supposed to be a little bit more soft-spoken and a little more accommodating as leaders, which I think is very interesting. I don't know if you've like experienced that at all, or if you've noticed that like, you know, within your social groups or within like academic settings at all. Mm, that's like interesting because for me, I feel like women can be more assertive back home because I don't have like a comparison for like extracurricular groups but I do know that like most of the groups I've been in and like I saw my friends were in usually women are the one who take the lead well that's interesting I will say though like my little caveat is like I did go to an all-girls school it was a given that like one of us would be a leader within a group and I don't really know how that like has impacted the way we approach friendships or relationships but it is very interesting to think about. You went to a co-ed high school, right? I did, I did. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. See, like, because of that experience, I feel like being here, I see more men taking leadership roles than what I'm used to in groups. Because I feel like usually when I when I work in, like, a group assignment, usually the females would be, like, the ones who are, like, more soft-spoken compared to, like, the male. But I don't know if that's because I'm in an environment where males dominated in business kind of environment. Yeah, I was about to say, I think there are more, at least I see more male identifying students in the Kelly School of Business. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the same for me because I'm in foreign like affairs and like foreign policy and it's heavily dominated by men. So sometimes when like in discussion classes, I've had this discussion with my friend where like, no, you're supposed to speak in a classroom, but the only voices I would hear would be from the guys in the room, which is, which is fine. But it's very interesting because we were talking about topics on like gender equality and the gender pay gap and also more diversity within like the foreign policy and foreign affairs side of things and I thought it was very interesting that the most dominant voices were the same ones yeah it's like something that happens a lot too from my experience like being here I feel like most of the voices are from male identifying people yeah so I guess that that brings me to my next question well we mentioned a little bit about intersectional like identities how we are both women but also at the same time we are also um, Asian so we come from a different ethnic group uh, that's not the majority in Indiana. I guess this is a very general question for you but intersectional identities are pretty difficult to navigate in my opinion. What are some problems that women or especially Asian women have encountered? And you can answer this question from your own experiences in, in the context of leadership or you could answer this as like something your friend or like someone around 
Anju has experienced. Right. Well, it's like funny to me because I just learned about intersectional identities. So this is very fresh of my mind. And I've never really thought of the concept of intersectional identities before because I've always just seen myself as a woman, not really using both of them to like see the world. We usually take more of the backseat roles in groups. I feel like we're supposed to be more soft-spoken. Sometimes like I try to speak up in the group and then I feel like my voice isn't as heavy as like the others. So that is definitely interesting. What's your personal experience about this, Belle? Yeah, as I mentioned before, for those listening, um, just like a quick refresher, intersectionality refers to when you have multiple identities that intersect with one another the same way like a street or a road does. And the argument by Kimberly Crenshaw, who is a law professor who coined this term, she says that when you are at, in a unique position where you have multiple identities, multiple marginalized identities, you are often overlooked by both in social settings or in the law. And that makes you disproportionately affected by issues that uh, affect everyone in society, for example, like employment or legal issues and stuff like that. So in this case, we're talking about our intersectional identities as women and as Asian as well. So in my personal experience, I would say, like like I mentioned, foreign policy is a very male-dominated space. And uh, you can even see like politics or like on TV, there's a very specific group of people who are prominent foreign policy analysis and also like politicians in general. I noticed that and I talked to my friend about it who studies law and public policy. And she has also noticed the same sort of pattern within her major and within her classes. So we decided that we really wanted a space for people to be able to talk about their ideas and things that they don't usually get to discuss in like discussion classes because they've been talked over or like you said like sometimes you say something and then it just seems like people don't take it seriously I think that's a very common theme for women at least or in my personal experience when I offer something or say something it's it's a little it's like devalued later in the process when we actually come up with stuff for our project for example or like we complete the activity it doesn't really hold any weight like you mentioned so yeah we decided to start a student organization that's called POC for policy advocacy and we it's we meet weekly on Mondays to discuss issues pertaining to people of color in the past, present, and future. And we do that in a very conversational way, the same way this podcast is structured to one, talk about issues that we care about, but also to find solutions that we can implement within our daily lives. Uh, so that's one thing I've experienced and also attempted to sort of create some sort of community that could combat like gender stereotypes, but also like stereotypes about various ethnic groups and generally make policy making and policy advocacy a place for people um, with intersectional identities to exist. And I will say that most of our members are women. And they're from all sorts of backgrounds. So it's very interesting. It's women run and women populated. So <laughs> I think that's like one concrete example I could give about navigating problems as a Asian woman or as a woman in general. Right. That's like so awesome that you're doing that. I have never really taken steps as much as you did, which is like commendable. I honestly just try to deal with the problem that I'm faced with there and then. So in group projects context, it would be like, I just 
mostly just stop talking as much and just prove myself through I would say like actions or like building my credibility to prove myself to them with now that you mention it I feel like it's just like solving the problem at the end of the problem not really at the core it's just like why do I have to like prove myself more than like the other members would have you know yeah you touched on two very uh, interesting points the way to navigate these obstacles is very multifaceted and i think the most effective way would probably be um at their roots like you mentioned changing things at a more personal level i find is very effective so i would say like you know your way of building credibility uh upgrading your reputation as a leader and also disengaging sometimes with people who like really don't listen to you is like they're all very effective ways to navigate issues of you know gender um, inequality and stuff like that at the same time I agree with you when you say that we're not really solving problems at their root cause we're more of mitigating them uh, as they go along or like at the very end like you mentioned so that leads me to my next question that I had which is a very general question and I feel like we could go at this question for hours but in the context of like your own life and IU life and college life, what do you think needs to be changed? Or what do you think people should keep in mind going forward to support not necessarily just Asian women, but women in general in their lives? When I think about this, like it's such it's such a important question because I usually just like kind of accept things as they were and kind of adapt to it. But it's just something that we're already like doing, but maybe we could do more like you know awareness and stuff i feel like people just need to like respect each other more treat each other as equal yeah no for sure and i think your point leads into this idea of the importance of an international women's day and the the importance of a women's history month as well because in order for people to treat each other equally on like various identities it's important for us to think about celebrating and stories from women all over the world and also bring more awareness to the accomplishments and also the struggles that women today face. Obviously, it's very nice if you can think of issues pertaining to your own communities. For example, like a very straightforward one would be like the gender pay gap that permeates every single workforce, how women are paid less than men. I did a presentation once that was about this topic and I think it was for every $1 a man make, a woman makes 70 uh, like 70 cents and then it further broke down within each like racial and ethnic group how much women make i believe like to every one dollar a black or brown woman makes about 40 to 50 cents which is so interesting to think about and when you see it like that it's just it's very clear how there is still a problem um mind you did you mentioned that you work in thailand as well do you have any experience or do you know anything about like the pay gap difference um i don't have any information on the pay gap in thailand but i also like made like a presentation like a company with mainly like to help women and i just feel like it's such a problem that race and genders are still like a factor how much of a living conditions you're having yes i think a lot of it has to do with history especially in the Mm -hmm. united states how women and women of color have been disadvantaged from the get-go because of 
certain policies that have been enacted that actively like exclude them and also i think back to redlining which is when like people were sectioned off into different parts of like suburban america and how black family couldn't buy property in a specific place and vice versa so that definitely i feel like has contributed to the way families like generationally have um, navigated their intersectional uh, like identities as well. I just looked it up like a second ago to see the wage gap in Thailand and um, obviously there is a wage gap like according to like the Borgen project they said that women earn less than men for doing the same work and the wage gap uh, in Thailand is uh, was like 2.5 percent in 2015 and in 2020 the gap increased to 10.94 percent which is it's a huge increase. And further statistics from 2020 show that the average number of unpaid work hours per day is 3.2 for women and 0.9 for men. I definitely think COVID has exacerbated the wage gap inequality. That's crazy. Like, why would it even matter? <laughs> I'm not surprised that, like, we have wage gap in Thailand because sometimes in like, the workplace, in some places, like, women and men are not treated completely the same. But the fact that COVID kind of, like, made the gap worse is kind of interesting yeah my mind immediately goes straight to like informal labor and like labor outside of the economy so what i mean is domestic labor or like for example nannying um or for example being like a cook for a family i know a lot of affluent thai families also have like maids or people who like come in and clean their house once in a while i think covid has exacerbated that wage gap because a lot of the jobs that at least like minimum wage jobs in the economic sector that men hold they're like construction jobs so they're done outside mostly and like most of the jobs like minimum wage jobs for Thai women they're done inside so probably because like you know to stop the spread like they had to stop going to work because everyone was under lockdown for like the longest time in Thailand so I definitely think domestic labor has been heavily impacted by the pandemic but also continues to be heavily impacted by just increasing gender wage gap in general I don't know if you have any other examples that you can give us or any stories about how being a, a woman in leadership has has really impacted the way you approach school or rather do you think in the future or in the present like gender norms are they changing at all i do feel like with myself being a woman i feel like i have to approach things like differently if i were a male like i'd probably be more assertive in like group settings but then like i feel like because i'm a woman i have to go about it less assertive like you know kind of mitigating every everyone's needs and like trying to be understanding to everyone and be nice and um i definitely think that gender norms are becoming more unified it's not like as separated anymore just because of like all like the movements that people are pushing forward and also because society is changing a lot and women and men could do each of the roles like they couldn't before some of those movements that i think would be like what Belle's doing right now, her like POC club. There's so many important things that is happening right now. Like, what do you think, Belle? Thanks for that, but I really wouldn't put my club in as like. <laughs> I think it would be more of a grassroots movement. Um, 
Yeah, I think specifically in the context of like Thai society, I can like pinpoint two major movements that has helped um, gender equality a lot, and it would be the youth movements for democracy. In Thailand, uh, a few years ago, there have been calls for the current government to do another election or like amend the constitution, which we have like amended multiple times before. Um, in order to make it easier for people to amend and for people to uh, have free and fair elections. And the youth, these youth democratic movements have been led by college students and college students with multiple intersectional identities because they also have like a sub movement. I'm not too sure of the name, but it's also about LGBTQ plus I, like IA plus pride in Thailand. And I believe we recently had our very first Pride Parade in Bangkok. Did you hear about that one? I actually didn't. That's like so awesome. I also think that not only do we have like our own movements, but because the internet has allowed us to become like closer and all connected, I just feel like, you know, we're all affected by each other's movements. People definitely get like motivated and incentivized to do something within their own circles once they see like stuff that happens on social media. I remember it was a big deal because uh, in Thailand, we have a very large LGBTQIA plus Um, population and community they're not always like recognized so it was very nice to have that pride parade and I believe the governor of Bangkok also joined in which is which is pretty novel and new because in the past politicians and like political officials haven't really interacted much with LGBTQIA plus communities as well as other marginalized communities because they see it as a way of like it could actually it could lose some votes due to like more traditional or conservative voters so it was very important for him to join that parade and he like he was walking in there and he was talking to all people which was so nice I like I saw a couple videos um, on tv about it and I think um the LGBTQIA plus community in Thailand is definitely pushing for more gender norms to kind of bring it back to our original discussion because they're challenging the notion of like you know there aren't just two genders in in the world and it's very possible to also be attracted to like other genders and or like you know your own gender and I think they're just challenging the notion that like gender as a social construct which is very interesting to think about and I think it drew a lot of inspiration like you mentioned from movements in the United States because I know like July right July is pride month right Um, I think so yeah and I know like IU has our own pride fest which is also very very welcoming and very nice and um it's done a lot to uplift people within the LGBTQIA plus community, but also people from other communities, like, you know, straight women and straight men, like people like all benefit from recognizing and respecting each other's like identities. Yeah. Uh, correction, June is Pride Month. Yeah, I-, I definitely think that having like a Pride Parade in Thailand is like a very like big first step for all of the LGBTQIA plus communities. Yeah, I-, I just think that it's like inspires like the new generations to look at it and be like, oh, this is normal because usually it's just like something that you know existed, but then people kind of kept it you know hidden in some way like it's not the population isn't as represented the main government as you said uh, like officials like they just they act like it doesn't exist really 
but now like even though like it's in the new generation maybe they're like in like a traditional like conservative more conservative family that would be against it but then they would see like the pride parade and everyone that's speaking out about the community and then they would be like oh this is like normal and then they can accept themselves for like who they are and be treated in the society as like as how they're like supposed to be treated which is equal yeah i agree um with what you said it's it's very important and there are very important movements in thailand in general but like just pinpointing it it would be like you know the youth democracy movement and also the lgbtqia plus movement like i said before both of those movements have definitely like boiled or like supported women's movements in thailand as well because to my knowledge we don't really have we've at least i've never seen like protests exclusively for like the rights of women and stuff like that but I definitely have seen like from my own experiences like my friends and people around me who have joined in on these movements um in support of like you know democracy and in support of uh, the LGBTQIA plus community so I think it definitely creates a new aspect of cooperation among people like you know different groups of people so it'd be like you know straight women and also like people in the lgbtqia plus community they've become like allies and in the future are able to create more sustainable and create movements with even more support than it already exists in the present so i think that's definitely a a cool thing to think about because you know people create connections through their identities and they also create connections like fighting for those um, identities to be recognized as well yeah so just to ground everyone and tie everything in um so we talked about a lot of topics in this podcast episode actually but what is one thing you would like people who are listening to this episode right now to take away from the conversation and discussion we just had like for you what is like a like the most important point of our conversation Right. We definitely talked about a lot of like topics, but I feel like all in all, like all of those topics have one thing in common, which is it shouldn't matter what race or gender you are. We all should be equal, like no matter what. Yeah. But what's your takeaway, though? Um, yeah, no, that's one of the central themes to this podcast. Um, I would say another thing I would like to add to that is that it's important to uplift and support people around you so if you aren't a person who identifies as a woman or you aren't part of the lgbtqia plus community i think it's always beneficial for you to reach out to people in your life who do identify as those genders or who are part of those communities to always like check up on them and be like you know allies and avenues of support because I know that goes a very long way and uh yeah in honor of like International Women's Day Women's History Month I think it's important that people continue to advocate and also like educate themselves on issues that might not pertain to their specific group but like you know to others uh, in society and um yeah so I definitely think for this International Women's Day um try to reach out to your friends who are women maybe ask them what could be better and also I mean just you know just conversational things like how they could you know how they are doing right now um yeah especially like in the United States after um the overturning of Roe v Wade which was 
monumental for various reasons. Yeah. Um, do you have any last questions, comments, concerns? Um, not really. Okay. In that case, um, thank you to our guest mind for coming to talk to us. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of Hereabouts, Asian American Midwest Radio. Hereabouts is produced by WFHB Community Radio and Indiana University's Asian Culture Center. We ask critical questions about identity, culture, community, and shared assumptions. We air every other Wednesday from 5.30 to 6.30 in the evening. Please stay tuned for our episodes in the future. This was Bell Chat Panarangsi, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode.